Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. No one. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. What's up? First and Pod, Danny Parkins, Andrew Filipponi. Coming to you after a thrilling Sunday night game between the Jets and the Raiders. Thank you to everybody who is watching live on the Scores YouTube page. But we do this thing twice a week. Every team, every game, every week. So subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts in what ended up being a really damn exciting day uh, in the National Football League, Pony. And, you know, we can talk about 2-0 and with the new coach for the Raiders. We could talk about Zach Wilson. But I'm casually watching that game. I'm getting my notes together for the rest of the pod. I'm kind of bored. And I hear Melissa Stark say, that she talked to Aaron Rodgers, and he's targeting a mid-December return. Do you agree that that's the biggest story of the night? Oh, my God. As far as this game goes, it's not even close. Uh, you know, Antonio Pierce going 2-0 and against the New York t- franchises is cute and all, but it pales in comparison to that Rodgers thing because when there was that Derwin-James conversation uh, Monday night that got uh, – picked up on eavesdropped on and he and then he came out afterwards on McAfee and said uh no that was blown out of proportion that was said tongue-in-cheek uh this sounds like more credible reporting uh to the contrary and it completely changes in my opinion the way that I look at the Jets I mean I don't know what Aaron Rodgers we're going to get in December but he's better than Zach Wilson and if they can just keep themselves afloat uh, I think they can keep the, I think they can be in position, Danny, uh, over the next month where nine wins is still within earshot for them. And maybe that's good enough to get into the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, this is just a tread water situation for them with Zach Wilson uh, with now the hope of Aaron Rodgers coming back at some point this season. Such a devastating loss then because – 
you're four and four coming in. Now you're four and five. Your next two are Buffalo and Miami. So you could be staring four and seven in the face. Now, obviously, yeah. those are division games. Your defense keeps you in basically every game. Sure, you could split in that spot, but you got to figure. I don't think they will. I think they'll get to four and seven. I think they'll be three games under 500, but the schedule gets easier after that. Atlanta, Houston, at Miami, home against Washington, at Cleveland, at New England. I don't know that nine wins gets you in in the AFC. So I feel like they need to be seven and seven for him to come back Christmas Eve at home against Washington. And I still can't believe he's coming back. I still don't believe it. But this is the most credible reporting uh, that apparently it's right from the horse's mouth. So I don't know if he's just trolling all of us and trying to keep his team motivated because they inexplicably didn't go out and get an upgrade from Zach Wilson. And I would assume he would not come back. Well, wait a minute. When you say inexplicably, when you say inexplicably, is now this you going back on what I said about them and Josh Dobbs, and now you're agreeing that that's something they should have done in hindsight? Because when I threw that out there a month ago, you scoffed. I didn't think that was, Dobbs was an upgrade. Well, now do you? Well, yes. So do do they do they deserve criticism after the fact for that? I mean, I was wrong. I don't think Dobbs would do that there. I don't Kevin O'Connell in the in the situation in Minnesota even though there's no Jefferson. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett is going to get this performance from Josh Dobbs in New York. I just don't. So I don't think that that would have solved their problem. Zach yeah, Wilson is he is, he is he is he 4 points better than Zach Wilson today? Cuz that's what it took to win. No, I know. Uh in the Jets offense, I still say no. I still don't think so. Dude, it's a Wilson, even that Hail Mary at the end of the game, the guy's arm strength is just ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. Yeah. I, I just wonder, like, five years from now, is somebody going to give him a shot or is he going to be a backup that waited his turn and he has, like, a Geno Smith turn late in his career? Because the arm talent is incredible. And maybe with more maturity and – more time off, eventually he'll be an okay NFL starter. But uh, no, I don't think Josh Dobbs would have re- rescued the Jets season. I mean, clearly the Raiders are a, you know, a, a fringe playoff contender at five and five with two straight wins. They're a running team with, with, with Jacobs. But it is kind of hilarious that Josh McDaniels started Hoyer over O'Connell. Uh, yeah, that's the Patriots way for you, baby. That's them going back to their old way of doing things and relying on guys that have gotten it done for them in the past. Just ridiculous. Just completely wasted time. So what game do you want to start with here from week? Okay. So I want to start with Niners Jags and then we'll do a run of the five straight games, uh, that were close because we had a record today. Uh, first time in NFL history five consecutive uh, or five games in a single NFL Sunday ended with a field goal as time expired. So that's Cincy Houston, Chargers, Lions, Browns, Ravens, Cardinals, Falcons, and Seattle, Washington. But let's end, let's start with what the game of the day was, which is Niners Jags. And we do this one time per Sunday podcast, (laughs) and I will use it out of the gate. More about the Niners blowout win or the Jaguars blowout loss? What's the bigger story? I think way more about San Francisco. 
because things clicked for them that we saw back at the beginning of the season and what made them before the quarterback injuries in the NFC Championship game such a dominant team. I mean, it, everything worked other than Christian McCaffrey extended his touchdown streak, which, by the way, I mean, hilarious. Uh, I I think it's such horse crap that he was in the game there at the end. That reminded me of Brett Favre going down for Michael Strahan uh, to to give him the sack record. Like, do it legitimately four, or not? Four straight. I'm plays. happy they stopped him. I'm I'm ecstatic they stopped him there. Come on, Shanahan, draw up something creative. Yeah. If you, but, you know, if you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to keep uh, the game, do something creative. I told you I thought Purdy was on uh, alert here because there is, a, I think, a Darnold fascination, and he balled out. And they and IU scored a touchdown for the first time since Week One, which is a crazy stat. Samuel was back and looked good, and their defense got after Trevor Lawrence, and it looked like that imposing front that we thought it would be early in the season. So they looked like vintage 49ers today, Danny. That's the story. I agree. Uh, I feel like six or eight weeks ago, I said that they should be the clear-cut Super Bowl favorite. You said I they still, were on 18, 17 and 0 watch, I believe. I did say they, they were on 17 and 0 watch. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did say they were on 17 and 0 watch, and then they they promptly lost. But uh, I still, we're going to get to see it. We're three weeks away from Niners at Eagles. And I hope both teams are healthy. It was the game of the year coming out of last year's NFC Championship game. Uh, it was the game of the year in the offseason with all the trash talking. And it's going to be the game of the year this year. And I think the Niners are going to go in and win by double digits. Like, I don't understand right now how both of those teams are five and a half to one to win the Super Bowl. I, I don't get the argument that Philly is the same as San Francisco based on what we've seen this year. Philly's very good. But the Niners are better. The Niners have been dominant when healthy, period. Well, yeah, but they've also lost to P.J. Walker, you know, so there were letdowns. And who knows, uh, you know, if they'll be healthy at the finish line when we get there. So if it only takes a couple injuries for them to completely lose their charm as a great team, then I guess you, I would bake that in to the odds with them, even though you can't predict injuries. No, they, they they made a statement today. They needed it to to have a three game losing streak to have relinquished first place temporarily in their division. Um, they announced that they were one of the great teams in the NFL with this win today. How right. how concerned should Jaguars fans be? Quickly, not real. Uh, well, the only thing that's concerning to me is that they played when they're not in London. They played two big boy teams at home. Three actually. I'm going to count Houston now. They played Houston, San Francisco, and Kansas City at home and lost all three. So that actually is concerning. I shouldn't under I shouldn't minimize that. That is actually a big deal. All right. It, now feel, we'll get it out. feels to me like their ceiling is one playoff win. I just don't trust them to, to be consistent. All right. Let's get into these uh, close call games with all the last second field goals. Starting with the Bengals and Texans and C.J. Stroud and all – the social media buzz was Stroud can win the MVP, which is hilarious because on Thursday night we said bet him at 90 to 1. And by the way, it's already down to 40 to 1. Dude, I that's, see a 30 to 1. That's that's called value on our part, baby. Dude, you said, you brought it up. I hadn't considered it. I hemmed and hawed, but over the course of like two minutes, 
got there with you because I just hadn't thought about it. And I bet it at 90. I found a 95 to one. And I bet it. Nothing big, but, you know, 20 bucks. Doesn't need to be big at 95 to one. Yeah, 20 bucks to win uh, 1,900. And how do you feel about that ticket right now? Tremendous? I I feel really good about it, man. So, like, so he's got 2,600 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, two picks, and two rushing touchdowns. There are only six players in front of him. Mahomes, Hurts, Tua, Lamar, Burrow, Allen. Now, and he's outplayed all of them this year. Now, Mahomes has multiple. Lamar has one. Burrow, Allen, Hurts, and Tua obviously don't have one. All of those guys have at least one, and a couple of them have multiple national television games the rest of the way. The Texans' schedule is very soft. There's really only one game that possibly could be flexed to national TV, and it's when they play the Jaguars in a couple of weeks, but I don't think it's going to be flexed. So C.J. Stroud is not going to get like the opportunity to have a 350-yard game with a Sunday night football audience and really build the narrative. So I think he, his case is going to have to be overwhelming for the voters to not just, just give him Offensive Rookie of the Year. So I don't, I don't think it is likely, but it's a tremendous bet. And I'm thrilled to have uh, the ticket. So thank you, sir. It's he was great today again, even with the two fumbles, one of which I didn't think was his fault on the snap, the early one. The second one was bad. And an interception that he shook off. Uh, they scored a touchdown. That, that's what made it a three-point game late, that interception that he threw. And uh, after Cincinnati tied it, once again, less than a minute left, no problem, goes right downfield. Uh, finds Noah Brown, one of these anonymous receivers. He had better receivers at Ohio State. And they kick a field goal and win the game. I think they're going to get to double-digit wins. They get to 10 wins. I think it's his award to lose unless one of these quarterbacks, who could easily, these stars, could get on a heater and give him competition. But the C.J. Stroud we've seen for the first 10 games of the season is absolutely one of the best players in the entire NFL, doing more with less, carrying a team. Uh, the Texans could sweep all kinds of awards with D'Amico Ryans as coach of the year, too. I would put him uh, as the front runner there. And honestly, you want to talk about what we just did with the last two teams. What a bad loss for Cincinnati, given how hard their schedule is coming off the win against Buffalo. The division that they're in makes Thursday night's game against Baltimore which is in Baltimore, all that much more important for them because I think they're going to have a hard time getting to 10 or 11 victories now, Danny. Dude, they were the most picked team in the Circa Survivor, and we talked about it, about how much of a trap game this was for them with the national – like, like, for me and my boys who have one entry left, like this was an absolute stay-away spot uh, for us. And I could not imagine – watching the NFL as closely as we do and presumably a lot of the people in that big money contest do and saying that you're the most likely team to win in a given week was playing against CJ Stroud. That's just, just ridiculous. And one other, uh, a couple things, Boyd's drops for Cincinnati were terrible. He just absolutely yep. horrendous. And tank Dell is a player <laughs> dude. 
he is lightning quick, had some great, like, Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, like, body control on the sideline type of catches. That is a that is a quarterback-wide receiver pairing that is going to be a problem uh, for, for years to come. All right, Chargers-Lions. Was that the game of the year? Most entertaining game. Is that the most entertaining game in the NFL this far? thus far? I can't say yes because the way that I had to watch that game was on a smaller TV uh, because it was not a national game. Uh, instead, I understand. Just there is the ticket, though. Yeah, I know, and I wa- and I and I had it, but it didn't get my my full undivided attention. And I think most of our viewers had the same problem with this game today. It just it was entertaining. It was a lot like the Lions, or a lot like the Chargers Dolphins opener that was such a shootout game. It was a little bit like even the Texans and Bucks game from last week that came right down to the wire. Another game that most people didn't get to see. It's just what an atrocious job by the NFL and their flex schedule that they just sold out to the idea that it was the New York market and stuck us with the Jets and Raiders tonight because they knew that having New York on in prime time was good for them. Come on. I mean, there were there were three or four games, including this one, Ravens and, and Browns, which was not a protected game today. That could have been flexed in. Just awful, Danny. That, well, and I mean, styles make fights. Like we, th- this game was very clearly going to be an offensive game. It yeah, had the really- highest total of the day. We said it yeah. on Thursday that other than Jags and 49ers, this was the best game on paper in the NFL. Now that game turned out to be a blowout, but this game lived up to that billing. And instead, we got to watch a field goal fest and two green quarterbacks play in prime time in a standalone spot. Just awful. And next week they're doing the same thing. I know it's the Vikings and who is it Vikings and is it Vikings and Broncos come on NFL wake up here with these Sunday night games that they're forcing us with exercise the flex yeah Sunday night is Vikings Broncos Monday night's awesome it's Chiefs Eagles but yes a a pretty a brutal uh, Sunday night game again dude I saw this stat the Chargers are the first team since at least the year 2000 to score a touchdown on every drive to finish the game for the last 40 minutes of the game. They finished the game with five consecutive touchdown drives and lost. That is insane. It's so Chargers is what it is. Five consecutive touchdown drives to end a game in a loss that is that is a that is like Chiefs Rams from a few years ago level of shootout man like the level of throw and like, I know Gibbs had a couple of rushing touchdowns Montgomery had the seventy five yarder I know there were plenty of actual touchdowns scored on the ground but the level of throws that Goff and Herbert were making back and forth Herbert with Allen mostly Goff with Amon Ross St Brown mostly like it 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 felt like a heavyweight fight. It it was an awesome football game. The Lions can't win the Super Bowl with this defense. I I hate to say that out loud because I I'm with you. I'm on them. I've got a ticket on them to win the whole thing. But damn it all! I, I just Dan Campbell is such a badass. He went for it on that fourth down where he could have kicked a field goal, but if he did, it would have left the Chargers time. 
it was so gutsy. And then they got it, which allowed them to kick the field goal with only two seconds left. I don't think a lot of coaches would have done that. Staley probably would have gone for it, but the Chargers would have, you know, turned it over on downs and lost because that's just that guy's luck and Chargers luck. But it, Campbell is just, I think, uh, really proven that stereotype of him being a meathead coach so wrong. He not only has, I think, a great handle on his team and motivates them, but I think his in-game decisions for the most part have been really, really good. He gets it. And so I just called D'Amico Ryan's the coach of the year, but guess what? Dan Campbell's not far off. He would be number two for me at this point in the season. Kevin O'Connell would like a word as well. There's it's a it's a tight award right now. Tight award. All right. Browns and Ravens. Is that a bad loss for the Ravens? I'll let you answer that first. So if you blow a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter, it's a bad loss. But why I wanted to ask this question or this game or attack the game with that question is because I don't really think the Browns are good. Like their defense has been statistically very good, but they've been exposed against good teams and they had a softer schedule early and then they give up a ton of points here. Now they, you know, Lamar throws a pick six, and so that's a, the Browns' defense making a play. I understand that. But this game's 33-31. Like, what, what do the Browns actually have to hang their hat on where it, they'd be in the playoffs if the season ended today? And I just – Watson had a couple of nice plays. He had the, the the scramble, which was a tough play, where he rolled out to the left and, like, you know, put his shoulder down, and that was nice. But, like, overall – it's a bad loss because I don't really think that highly of the Browns, but the record says and the defensive statistics say that I should think a lot higher of the Browns than I do. They just don't pass the eye test for me. Uh, they're paying a guy $230 million in guaranteed money. I think he had one completed pass in the first 15 minutes of the game. So Deshaun Watson did not look the part, did come through with some clutch plays, had a long third down completion to cup. That extended a drive game was hanging there in the balance uh, two point conversion play. I mean, he did come through. I have to, I hate to give him credit, but I must for some of the things that allowed for them to engineer this comeback. You don't take them seriously for that reason. I don't trust their coach either. However, they ran the ball down Baltimore's throats in this game without Nick Chubb. Jerome yep. Ford had a monster game for them and you want to bottle that up if you're Cleveland and think with our with their offensive line that that's something they can do more of. Uh, the Ravens, this was the type of game, this was the type of game that Baltimore, in order to get that number one seed and make sure that the AFC doesn't go through Arrowhead again for another year for six straight years, losing this game on top of the Colts game at home and the way they lost the Steelers game too, like, this is why, Danny, I, I give you pushback every time we have a discussion about them being a Super Bowl contender or Super Bowl favorite. They just lose games like this way too often. And Tomlin even has joked about it. Uh, Patrick Peterson said that Tomlin said in a team meeting, Baltimore will find a way to burn its own house down late in games. That's just their MO and that's their tendency. And it was on full display again today. Pretty good bye week for the Chiefs. Bengals, Ravens, and Jaguars all lose. Yeah, great point. Just 
pretty pretty ridiculous uh, for their their continued dominance in the AFC. All right, we have two more games that ended with a field goal as time expired. Cardinals and Falcons. Should Cardinals fans be happy with Kyler's play and the win? Yes. Well, the and the win part makes it a much harder one. Well, that's the, why I did it. Yes, I know. But the Kyler's play thing, uh, should they be happy with that part? Yeah, because it's going to make the decision harder for them. They, I think they want a good problem. Is what I is the way I look at it. You you want that contract to be movable. You want someone to desire or demand Kyler Murray's services. And I thought for a guy coming off an ACL tear, I thought he moved great in this game. That was what uh, that was what I was gonna say. The, yeah, the, man. The, 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 the speed. The speed. He only had thirty three yards rushing, but he had the touchdown, and he didn't. I think it was only six carries. He did some of his escape artist Houdini acts. Exactly. What I saw. Exactly. He looked, he looked, he looked fast and agile in the pocket. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and I get it. If you're a Cardinals fan, you want to lose every game because you want to guarantee yourself, um, Caleb Williams, but dude, Drake, I don't know if you watched much of that game Saturday night. Well, I've already told you, I like Drake may more than Caleb Williams. I've said that for a month, but I'm just, no, 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 I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm saying to you, he had some awesome plays late in that game against Duke. He was he was I just, very, I, very I'd, I'd have to have a cap all just tell me this. I just don't see how they can straight up cut Kyler Murray and move on. They're gonna need to have someone want that contract in order for everything to work out for them. And part of it is him looking good and playing well. He played well. You want to bench him the rest of the season now? Maybe. I mean, that would probably be the best thing to do. Okay, you oh, got to taste. So, I mean, listen. I don't know that he played. I mean, the guy he had no passing touchdowns. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't know that he showed enough in this game for me to want to trade for that contract. Like, you know, it's 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 a it's a bad contract for a dude that size. I think he still needs to show a lot more. But that's the dilemma. Like he he is going to play well enough where they're not going to get a top two pick. Like I'm convinced of that just yeah. off of today. And so. And then are they going to get Marvin Harrison Jr.? Like how, how many wins can Kyler get them down the stretch? Can he can he win three more games? And now now you're not even picking in the top five. So I think that I'd be, I think it's a very conflicting spot for Cardinals fans. And I think that he's probably going to play well enough where he's the quarterback next year. Seahawks and, and Commanders, this was a game that was pretty exciting for the last 10 or so minutes after those teams stopped trading field goals. You want to know is Ron Rivera? How is Ron Rivera still employed? Is your question? All right, listen. The guy's an eighty-five bear. He's been on the show a few times. He's a complete class act. I like the guy, but he's a defensive coach, and the I mean these numbers are just grotesque. Four hundred and eighty-nine yards of offense to Seattle. Twenty-seven first downs allowed no takeaways again they had all that money invested in the defensive line now sweat and young are gone so you're not giving him a free pass for that well no, what, what i'm saying is he failed with all of those guys on the defensive line to the point where they had to trade sweat and they had to trade young then they used the first round pick on the corner uh emmanuel forbes who was ejected from this game after being benched earlier, 
he was ejected from the game. He was benched earlier in the season for staggering incompetence. Like, so it's a first round pick on a secondary player, four first round picks on the defensive line, two of which you've traded away. You're giving up 500 yards of offense. Like, you know, they call it with Black Friday in the NFL when guys get fired. I mean, is he going to get fired the day after Thanksgiving? Get like lose to the Cowboys in a couple of weeks, get blown out, and then get fired. I just they've got a new owner. They're open for business for Belichick. I just I don't I don't know what the point is anymore in Washington. Uh well, he has Eric the enemy there. And so the idea is can you just run this out and then probably promote the enemy to head coach at the end of the year, or at least have that option. You don't want to see the enemy run games and timeouts and game game theory, game management situations for a few weeks. Like that's, that's part of the reasoning too. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'd be more than okay with that. I think, I think we know what Ron Rivera is at this point in his NFL coaching career. And that's a below average to average at best NFL head coach. I think Washington is a really tricky team for me because I think if I were doing sports talk radio, if I was on one of our affiliate, if I was on our affiliate station there, I think tomorrow would be a day where I pro- I would want to scream and yell about their defense, but I'd also want to say like, what do, are, are, is this Sam? I, we talked about it on Thursday. Is Sam Howell good? We're not going to be in position to draft the quarterback in the top five or top eight or whatever. We're winning too many games. So you know, how do we feel about this situation with him? Like, the guy makes, again, made some great throws at the end of this game. And for Washington fans, that'd be way more important to me than what my defense does on the backside of those 53 seconds. It's that he put them in position to tie the game up and gave them a chance again in this game. You're you're right. I mean, that that is the they're they're gonna move on from their coach at some point. And it's not as clear what they're going to do at quarterback. I agree with you. Just the numbers that they're allowing defensively just continue to be staggering. All right, let's get to your game. Steelers-Packers. Uh-oh, Pony. Uh-oh. Who's the better player? Kenny Pickett or Jordan Love? So, the Steelers won. and Yeah, I know they won. And Jordan Love threw an interception on the last play of the game. But it's another game where if you look at the top shelf throws, if you're a Steelers fan, you feel like the other guy made more of those impactful franchise quarterback caliber throws. And that's the thing that even during this six and three star, I think drives you nuts as a Steelers fan. Like, I don't even think Jordan loves really that good, but no. The third and 16 throw he made for a touchdown, even the third down throw on the opening drive for a touchdown in the back of the end zone to Dobbs were both really, 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 really tough plays to make, and he did it. Um, The best thing you can say about Pickett is that he doesn't F up and turn the ball over and have the back-breaking plays that lose you games. But uh, uh, eventually... As in, I don't know, maybe Sunday in Cleveland or the week after that in Cincinnati or both. I think he's going to be asked to do more than just not F up. The run game has gotten a lot better. Jalen Warren 
had over 100 yards for the first time in his career and looked like. Finally, they realized that he's the better player. Yep. Although Najee didn't have a bad game, but still. uh, Warren is the better of the two options. Uh, They are, it's a, it's really insane. It's crazy to think that a team with a minus 26 point differential is six and three right now. You're the Vikings, but yeah, they, that's, that's, they're the Vikings slash giants the last year, two teams that made the playoffs with good records. And if you watch them week to week, you'd come away thinking they're not any good. And the Steelers really have done this a lot over the last few years in the twilight of Ben's career, even going back to the year he was out with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. It's just a calling card for the Steelers that there's this gravitational pull that gets them the mediocrity and in, in right around average every single season by hook or by crook. I mean, I, yeah, I didn't think it was particularly close. I thought I thought Love clearly looked better than than Pickett. And if Green Bay didn't miss an extra point earlier in the game, they kick a blocked, field, blocked, yep. but they 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 kick a field goal at the end of the game for a tie. Oh. Just ridiculous. Okay, so this next one, I'm interested in the the quest the question here because I'm I'm surprised by it. Saints and Vikings. Did Jameis take Derek Carr's job? Is what you want to know about this game? I'm okay. I don't know. I'm 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 stunned that this is the question off of this. Because you think we should be talking more about Dobbs again? Yes. Let everyone else talk about Dobbs. Jameis threw two interceptions in the fourth quarter. And gave you the full Jameis experience, which is giveth and taketh. And so for that reason, in a division where I think just don't have a quarterback that's so erratic, you might find a way to win it with nine wins. I think they're deathly afraid to give this job to him full time. Well, let's see what the injury is to Derek Carr. AC joints in a concussion. We might be getting Jameis for a few He's had AC joint all year. They might even go in that situation with Taysom Hill. I could see that. Dude, all I want, all I know is that when Jameis Winston rolled to his left and threw the ball all the way back across the field to his right in a jump ball situation that that absolutely should have been picked, but it wasn't. He's the only player in the world who even attempts that throw. Obviously, other guys can make the throw. It worked. I know it worked. We talk about it. If you're going to be bad, be entertaining. Yep. He is entertaining. But they're not bad. That's the problem. They're just good enough to not want to roll the dice with that, Danny. That's the problem. I get I get it, man. But he injected some serious life into that team. They were getting their ass kicked. And he, he just comes in and he starts chucking it down the field. Good old 30 and 30 Jameis. 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. <laughs> like he goes for a wild ride. And Olave, listen, you know me. I like trash talk. I, I, I like I like showmanship on the field, but Olave made one of the three best catches of the year in the NFL, and his teammates were going insane. And he was just like, we're down three scores. Like he did not care at all. Love he that. Was, you know, like he 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 was he was an assassin out there. He is a stud receiver. I would love him to have a good quarterback. Well, let the, but let but the I mean, record, go ahead. Talk, talk about Dobbs. Well, I'm great. just going to say, let the record show that there was a dissenting opinion here, and I wanted to give my man Dobbs more love for the game he played today. Do it. Cow, Cowboys and Giants. Will the Giants win another game? So they got the Patriots in two weeks, but 
I don't – I mean, today they were trying to run more Wildcat to keep our guy DeVito – like they were like splitting him out and trying to get a little well, creative. You're the preeminent DeVito expert because you watched him at both Syracuse and Illinois, and you know that the guy is just incapable of playing anywhere remotely close to NFL – caliber he felt unsafe today he looks he looks tight he makes Tyson Bajant look like uh Joe Montana yeah man like he it felt it felt cruel it it felt like that game should have had a running clock (laughs) like (laughs) I agree actually like cowboy cowboys minus 17 was so easy I was on Giants why because I just thought the Cowboys were going to F around and find out like they often do in games. I just thought that they were going to do what the Bills did against the, the Giants Dude, a few weeks ago. The I know. Giants started a quarterback who can't throw. I know, Danny. I'm well aware of that. We touched <laughs> on it on Thursday. I know what I knew what I was getting myself into tonight. Oh, my God. You bet. I, yeah. I mean, good, good for you. So do, do you think they'll win another game? So we know Tyrod Taylor's out for the year. Do we know? No, that? I mean I don't. I no. Okay, so I can't say that they're they're done because if they get him back, I think they'll win games. But okay. if it's Devito, I don't. Here, here, let me say this too. I don't think it can be Devito the rest of the year. I think they'll go to Matt Barkley, who's on their practice squad next week. If Taylor isn't ready, because we can't watch this Devito thing anymore. unless just, you're trying to get Drake May in New York, buddy. But it's just an affront to pro football. I, I agree. I mean, this is a franchise that had a playoff spot locked up and tried to beat the Patriots when they were undefeated because they because of pride. I don't think the Mara family can stomach watching this kid play another game. I don't care that he's from New Jersey. It's just like you said. It's like you almost want to put the you want to put the old dog down. It's just not. It's not right. It's not fair. Let the kid go play in the XFL or something. He's not enough of a gunslinger to play in the XFL. Like he's it, it, the ball doesn't. I, I don't I don't think he could like hurt it anybody. Flutters. It's it's weird. It's a weird watch. All right. Tampa, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I want to just talk about Mike Evans and appreciate him here. He's is he a Hall of Famer. Well, so that's kind of what I want to talk about. He is still awesome. He dropped a touchdown pass in this game. Baker underthrew him on one that he made an awesome catch on, but that absolutely should have been a touchdown if Baker puts it out in front of him. And then the one touchdown that he had was like a ridiculous vintage caught it, truck sticks, two dudes fell into the end zone. Yeah. But looked like old school Calvin Johnson. He's on the wrong side of 30, but I mean, he easily could have had three touchdowns. He was, was, he was. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome I was tra- I, I was tracking this game. I, I'm not going to lie and say that I watched a good amount of it. I saw the highlights afterwards, and I looked at the box score. I just saw this game, and I thought, there are too many guys who are veteran players, like Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, who should not even be in this game. Those three guys should be on different teams. Right. They should have been traded. They should be helping contenders separate themselves and get to the playoffs and win postseason games. It's a waste that all three of these guys are are stuck on these two teams. Tennessee ain't going to the playoffs. The Buccaneers, the only thing they have going for them is the division that they play in. 
But it, like, yeah, it just stinks that you've got who knows how much longer Mike Evans is going to be able to do this for. And same thing for Derrick Henry. And I just feel like their talents are being wasted. They're eroding away. They're dying on the vine playing for the Bucks and Titans. Well, so so Mike Evans, they, you know, they didn't extend him on a contract before the year. And he said he wanted to finish his career as a buck. I hope that this season changed his mind. Like, I, I, I hope that he realizes, I don't, you know, he's not a top 10 receiver anymore because CeeDee Lamb is not even a top five receiver and he's unbelievable. Like, it's just such a deep position and it's a young man's game. But he probably is still a top 20 receiver. Like, he is if you you put him in Buffalo next to Stefan Diggs with Josh Allen, it solves a lot of problems. You put him in Kansas City with Mahomes, he's a double digit touchdown guy next year. Yeah. For sure. Like he is so good. Where are and, the Chargers where are the Chargers on him with Mike Williams out? Why didn't they make a call on that guy? I just I I'm Yeah. I'm at a there, loss. I mean, like obviously he 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 makes he'd make any team better, but you know, and he's got the he's got the consecutive season one thousand game uh, with one thousand yard record. So I think he's got a real shot at Canton. But go go get another Super Bowl, and I think he's a lock. So I I, I hope he plays for with a top five quarterback next year. All right, last one: the uh, game in Germany. So we started last podcast by saying if the if the Patriots lost this game. There was a report that Belichick could get fired. He's still employed. I think I think he took the flight back with the team, so they didn't leave him over there. They benched Mac Jones. He got eviscerated. I mean, he got absolutely crushed by Bill O'Brien on the sideline for missing a wide-open juju in the end zone uh, and took taking points off the board in that situation. You ask, have we seen the last of Mac Jones? as Patriots quarterback really that's on a broader scale. This is the Patriots. As we know them, that experiment is, is dead. Danny it's over. No, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, but they actually finally made the quarterback change to Bailey Zappi in this game. And Belichick afterwards, you know, is asked about next week and he says, we'll deal with next week's quarterback next week. But he could have said, no, this was just a changeup for the game, and Mac is our starter, and he didn't. So, I don't think Bailey Zappi's anything special, but I know Mac Jones isn't. So, yeah, I think barring injury, Bailey Zappi starts next week, and why would you go back to him? Uh. Well, yeah, there's no good reason to do it. I mean, you're not showcasing him for a trade. Nobody wants him. There's no, you're not picking up the fifth-year option. Yeah, he's done. His career, he needs a change of scenery, and it's going to be as a backup for a couple of years, and maybe that's who he is for the rest of his, his life in the NFL, which would be my spin on it or my take on it. I, I'm surprised that there's just no interest there in playing Malik Cunningham, the quarterback from Louisville who looked like a mini Lamar Jackson in the preseason and I think got activated off their practice squad. Like, why wouldn't you just see if that guy's got anything? Bailey Zappi's too little, doesn't have the arm strength. Uh, Unless again, they're tanking and this is all, you know, there's a bigger, you know, prize that they're aspiring for playing for, which is possible. 
But just when you look at Robert Kraft in the in the owner's box and his reaction to some of these things, it doesn't seem like uh, this is like Miami a few years ago with Stephen Ross, where they were blatantly trying to finish with the worst record in the NFL. They tried this season at the start to make the playoffs, and it's gone completely off the rails. Their best defensive players are hurt. Jones sucks. Um, and it's been really pleasurable to watch the whole thing drift away for them. So, yeah, I think, I think Patriots giants in two weeks might be a scoreless tie. By the way, do you watch NFL primetime on ESPN plus? Do you watch the Chris Berman highlight show? Do you ever do that before these? No, you're not a fan. I just don't go out of my way. I mean, I, I, Sunday night football does a fine job. Why? Okay. I just, he, you know how Berman just is, his, he's one of a kind. He's just his own. Well, yeah. He's a, I mean, he's a he's a legend, but isn't he like recording? He's like recording the segment from Hawaii. I mean, I don't no, know. no. He's in he's in studio with with Booger McFarland. Just 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 a quick aside here to wind this podcast down. So they get to this highlight. It's the last one. They do exactly what we did. Like they really don't want to show highlights for Colts Patriots. They just have no interest in breaking down the game. And Berman's big take to start was that he didn't want to tell everyone his true feelings and opinions on the NFL's decision to play a game in Germany on Veterans Day weekend. He like was trying to give a take on it. And then either a producer got in his headset or he self-censored himself and was like, all right, maybe I shouldn't talk about this. Let's get to the highlights, even though there aren't many from this game. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, it was honestly one of those things where I thought like a Dove Kleiman would like grab the like 30 seconds of him having this. He, like, he talked he talked about it for 30 seconds. Uh, maybe it, it maybe it was less than that. I mean, it was not like it was drawn, <laughs> but it was just so he thought it, he thought it was in bad taste because of world wars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Never forget. Thanks, Berman. All that's, right, brother. That's amazing. Uh, all right. Must win for the Bills tomorrow night against the Broncos. They're a touchdown favorite. Uh, tell a friend, please help us continue to grow this podcast. We uh, put in the work. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Every game, every team, every week. We do it Thursday nights and Sunday nights for your Monday and Friday commute. He's Andrew Filipponi. I'm Danny Parkin, Spencer Ray, the producer. First and pod. Peace. Peace.